You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about the value of building community through membership organizations. I am super excited to dive into this topic today because it's a totally different beast than running a service or product-based business. And at Rain 9, we're actually in the process of launching a membership program for women small business owners this fall of 2022 because I believe so deeply in the power of community. So if any listeners are out there and you're curious, definitely check out Rain9, R-A-Y-N-E-I-X.com and sign up for our email newsletter so you don't miss out on anything there. Um, But today's guest is going to dive headfirst into membership organizations. Today, we have Amy Vaughn with us. She's the owner and chief empowerment officer of the Together Digital Community which is a community for women in digital marketing. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to Eloma. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Well, we are lucky to have you. Um, you have a really interesting journey. I, I know that you started as a member of Together Digital, and then you became the owner. So tell me a little bit about what that process was like for you and why you decided to make that move into ownership. Absolutely. It was exciting and quite unexpected. Um, I at <laughs> As the time, are all the best things in life, right? Right. This is true. <laughs> this is true. And so I had been a member of Together Digital for, I would say, about two and a half, three years. Um, you know, during the course of that, I had helped build up our Cincinnati chapter to close to 250 members. We were hosting monthly meetings. Um, what I had found about the experience being a part of Together Digital and leading a chapter was that even though I'd worked at large conglomerate agencies, had leadership trainings and onboarding, there was nothing more educational and challenging than than managing a group of volunteer women um, for a board and just working through those dynamics and also just getting the opportunity and visibility within my local community to you know, be walking around town and people know me, not because of my agency, but because being a Together Digital member. And I remember that feeling kind of crazy and awesome at the same time. Um, So backtracking a little, I kind of found my spark for giving and creating safe space for women to speak about and seek out the changes they want to see in themselves in the world way back when I was like eight years old, I was creating clubs for people who didn't feel like they were included or needed to feel included. Um, but, you know, fast forward many years later, and at the time when, you know, Together Digital found me, I was, you know, working as a creative director, making the title, I had the title, I had the salary that I had always hoped for. I was a working mom of soon to be two kids, I had one and another on the way. And, you know, I just really felt alone. I would be on sets and I would be the only woman and much less the only woman that was a mom and maybe dealing with, you know, mom type things like, Hey guys, I need a place to pump. Where can I go that I won't be interrupted? Yeah, for sure. 
And, you know, and just dealing with the ins and the outs of that, um, I was trying to create a women in leadership group and successfully did create a women in leadership group at my agency. But I realized like my world was contained to the four walls of my cubicle. I needed to go beyond that. And so Together Digital had given me sort of all of these opportunities. So it kind of always felt easy. People would always ask, Amy, how do you find time? You work like crazy. You have two, well, what soon to be two kids. Yeah. I was taking care of my mom at the time as well was dealing with some health issues. And I said, you know what, if it matters, you will make time for it. And this is my me time. Whenever mm-hmm. I meet with these women, the board members, the members, I walk away feeling more energized, more connected, more seen and heard than I do some days when I'm at home or at work. And so it was kind of selfish. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make time. It's never easy, but you know, 7.30 AM board meetings, just bring the coffee and I will be there and we'll get stuff done. But I think that's such a great call out. And I want to interrupt just for a moment, because I think so often, especially in society, you know, we hear like, oh, you have to fill up your cup. You have to fill up your cup. Mm -hmm. And so often, especially as women, we hear like, Mm -hmm. go get a massage or take care of yourself or meditate. But that Mm -hmm. can look so different for so many people. And as you're saying, like, I think the big thing that what I'm hearing you say is like, it gave me this energy. Mm -hmm. And so to anyone listening right now, I'd say, Focus on what gives you that positive energy and fills up your cup. It doesn't matter what it's called or how it's labeled. Yeah. But like, it's the energy piece. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you're not going to find your energy in the same spaces as everyone else. And if you force yourself to, or pretend to, it's just going to be more draining. That was a great call out. I completely agree. And I think, you know, again, like I, I just kind of ran through from ages eight to like 35, but there were, there was this constant theme for me as I was developing as a human that I want to help others. I want to support others. I'm going to create safe space for others. And so, um, you know, and it's crazy to think, and I still don't know why exactly. I never really asked her why she picked me, but our, the founder of Together Digital in 2019 at our national conference pulls me aside and just in the moment blurts out that she's going to go run for Congress basically because a member has encouraged her to. So she had been oh my like, gosh, she was running digital campaigns and marketing for congressional candidates and seeing what Elena had been doing was like, you are perfect for this. And you're in a really important district. You need to do this. And she got her family support, cool. support from her community. And so this was going to be an all in thing for her, yeah, um, for sure. which is very much an Elena thing. It's like all in. And so she had rapidly grown and built together digital. It became my constant as a community for so long that I was, I was thrilled for her. And I loved that a member gave that gift to her because she'd given the gift of opportunity ideas for others for so long to have that bestowed upon her was wonderful, but then also frightening because I'm like, what the hell? What about all this? I need this. Like our annual conference was my mom, Keishan every year. And she's (laughs) like, well, that's where you come in. And then I was just stood there like a deer in headlights stunned. Um, but not stunned because, you know, when, what happens when you open yourself up to women who understand your skill sets, your knowledge, your passions and see it for the potential, because women are so often not hired or given opportunities on potential, like men are that when you have women as champions and when we're championing one another, that's how Elena ended up running for Congress. She never would have done that in her life. She never would have had the notion if it wouldn't have been for another woman. I'd always deep down wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always been trying to champion and create community and culture 
every job I ever had, that's all I was ever doing. I mean, I was doing my full-time job. And then on top of that for free, trying to make some kind of a difference. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, and she also knew I wanted to get into operations, which as a creative, you know, some people are a little afraid of. And so I even had a boss that was like, creatives can't run companies. And so a few months later, I got to go back and tell her, Hey, I'm leaving and I'm going to go run a company, you know, because even the women within our membership base in our group, women that I coach, you know, we're so multifaceted. We love the term multi-potentialite, that notion that you can do and be just about anything because we're so we're good at more than just any one thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes people see that as a detriment. Whereas, you know, me getting outside of, you know, agency world let me kind of explore all lanes instead of just staying in my lane. So yeah, I kind of came to entrepreneurship quite suddenly, quite unexpectedly, and about three months before the pandemic hit. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> And so remember to CEO. (laughs) Yeah. So, so talk to me just briefly about like what that transition was like for anybody else who's listening about, you know, kind of stepping into the shoes of something that has already been established, but now you're leading it and you didn't necessarily build the infrastructure, but now Mm -hmm. it's yours. So what, what is that experience like? It was interesting. It was very unique Um, and intimidating and scary and all the things you imagine that it could be because, you know, there's uh, a lot of times with startups, there's this uh, whole what they call founder syndrome, where it's like there's a bit of a cult of personality around a person and anybody who's ever met or heard Elena speak, she is magnetic and she energizes and she just gets her points across so well. And like I said, she did a phenomenal job building it. I knew though, that that was never my way of doing things and the way that I was going to do things. And so we worked actually for the first year. So, you know, she was very busy with running with Congress. Um, I was very busy trying to get my head around things. Um, I think it is just a lot of self-awareness and knowing where you can fill in the gaps for maybe what is or was lacking. So one of the things that was lacking was just overall management of the organization from a financial standpoint, operationally, Mm. there was not much of a foundation. We had grown so much so fast and it was such a quick, beautiful flash of a thing that it wasn't going to be sustainable. And so there was a lot of things I did in the first few months, even before COVID happened to reduce our tech stack, to really look at operations and create some efficiencies um, and honestly, I'm really proud to say that even while I didn't go out and get to wow the crowds and the audiences, what I did do was create a firm foundation that allowed us to actually make it through the pandemic, which a lot of organizations and membership-based companies like ours did not. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a bumpy road. Um, but the good news is is that when you're kind of taking over for something or someone or moving into place, you have the benefit of that 3,000 foot view, 30,000 foot view, where you can kind of look and say, what's working, what's not working, because things are already in motion. Whereas like, if you're starting from nothing and trying to get somewhere, that sounds more exhausting to me. (laughs) I'm more of a fixer. I think I honestly, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, could I have ever started something like this from the ground up? So much energy, so much risk. It's Whereas true. looking at something and knowing the playing field, um, I was able to strategize and put some things into motion that I felt would help the business long-term. So, Well, and you bring up another good point of surviving the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And so you as a member turned owner, 
right mm-hmm. before we all went through this life-changing experience. Talk to me a little bit about what are the key factors for that, that retain members. I mm-hmm. mean, anyone out there who's thinking of starting a membership or runs yeah. a membership, this is a key a, a KPI that we should all yeah. be thinking about, right? So, so tell me, tell us some yes. of your tips and tricks. Yeah, it is not for the faint of heart, but I will tell you my biggest mission from the get-go as soon as COVID hit was retention. It was retention, yep. but then also the deli- retention of the right members. Yes. I learned a really good lesson. I had like a bit of a gap year after college where I ended up in England while my husband went and did some postdoctoral research for Oxford University because he's a big guy. And yeah, and I was doing a bunch of freelance work and I still needed more money. And so I started working at a coffee shop. And I remember the owner who's now a dear friend of mine. It's been, gosh, a decade and a half and we still talk all the time. Um, there was a customer that came in and was being really rude and really belligerent and unnecessarily cruel to the staff. And she basically just walked up to them and said, you can leave. You can leave. I think understanding and knowing when you're running a membership organization, you have to understand and know your values and your culture. And there needs to be a code of conduct for together digital. Mm. It is all about making sure that we are maintaining confidentiality so that women feel like they can ask the hard questions in a safe space. We are also about making sure that we're creating a space for all women, regardless of their age, race, um, previous gender identity, to infringe upon their ability to speak out confidently. And that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, And so part of it was dealing with the fact that we maybe had some people that were in the community that were rather loud about their like opinions and ideas and that weren't really there maybe for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, So while retention is important, just remember, you don't have to keep everyone. When Sam, my friend at the coffee shop, stood up and told that customer, you can go. I mean, they were ruining the experience for everybody else in the coffee shop. Yeah, Everyone behind the bar got stiff and like a little tense all of a sudden. You could see everybody stopped enjoying their coffee and they're like, what is going on over here? And just to see her say that and stand up to them in that moment was like, oh, wow. Like that's kind of the beauty of owning your own business is that you don't have to be for everybody. Exactly. And I think that too is, you know, that that's part of leading. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's obviously so relevant here as we we're talking about memberships, but mm-hmm. in leadership and in life in general, like for anyone yeah. who's leading any business, mm-hmm. you know, it's never fun to like fire a client or right. fire a team member. But mm-hmm. when their toxicity mm-hmm. impacts everyone else, yeah, people know they may mm-hmm. not be saying it to your face that this person sucks, yeah. but mm-hmm. the moment that they're gone, you're everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, thank God yeah. I was waiting for that. So I think that's also just maybe a note to any leaders and and Mm -hmm. anyone out there building a membership-based organization. That's part of your responsibility, right? right? And it's a part of the membership experience. Sure. Because I mean, it's again, it's a very public platform. We leverage Slack. We are on virtual events. We do in-person events. And when those moments happen and all of a sudden we get back into that space where women are competing competing versus collaborating or judging or trying to one-up each other or gatekeeping, all of those things are against sort of our kind of uh, moral compass as an organization. And so a lot of that was me not just saying, Members, members, members. Because I remember when we started, it was like, okay, we've got this many number of members. We need to grow to this many number of members. Mm -hmm. I'm always just looking at the retention and engagement. Those two are the key components to me because I'll tell you, like, 
word of mouth is still, no matter how much digital marketing we do, no matter what kind of spend we put behind things, word of mouth and people sharing that experience of Mm -hmm. this is what it's like to be part of a genuine, authentic community of women that support one another unconditionally, Mm -hmm. no matter their age, no matter their question, no matter the need, you'd be hard pressed to find that. And so you know, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make it to where as a business owner, I am rolling in the dough and raking in profits. <laughs> I have truly accepted and acknowledged that we are a social enterprise and that I am trying to build the kinds of culture and space for women that I wish I could have had in the places that I'd worked in the past. Yep. And so really anything that I can do um, to fiercely protect that, I will do. <laughs> yeah. So membership-based organization, know your values, stick to them, be ready to stand up for them. Otherwise, you're failing your members and you're going to start to see retention and turnover. People turn fast. Yeah, I'd imagine. Well, and I want to dig into that a little bit because you already kind of mentioned this. You said um, retention rate or churn rate, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, um, and engagement rate. Because my next question was, what are the main KPIs that people Mm -hmm. should be monitoring for a membership base? So would you say those are the two main ones or are there others that we should those are two. We yeah. do like a net gain loss of members. We do a member satisfaction survey once, sometimes twice a year. Okay. And from that, we really want to understand how they're leveraging it, where they're leveraging it. Um, I also just from a, a qualitative standpoint, I do one-on-one onboarding for any new members and returning members or even members that have been around for a while and just need to learn the ropes okay. because we have so much to offer. I want to make sure it's tailored to their needs and the time that they have because I know it's not infinite the time they have. So to really if make only, it effective. Right? I know if, if only, only, if only everybody was as lucky as me to spend all this time <laughs> in community learning and absorbing all the goodness. Um, so yes, I think it's, um, it is a, it's a challenge in making sure that um, engagement to us is, you know, the communications on Slack, the attendance to virtual and in-person events, um, the responses to our surveys that we do as frequently mm-hmm. as we can. Are you burnt out? exhausted, stuck, uninspired. Sounds a lot like me in 2021, but I took the time and created the space to figure out what I really wanted. And then I made it a reality. That's what we're doing for other women business owners in our defining success workshop series. Take the time to really define what you want, and then let's build a roadmap to make it happen. Our workshops are filled with strategic and tactical takeaways, are very action-oriented, and help you create change starting immediately. RSVP today for our December 1st Defining Success for Owners Workshop Series in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and visit us at ricksworkshops.com, that's R-I-X workshops.com, to learn more about our 2023 upcoming quarterly workshops in Nashville, Phoenix, Chicago, and Milwaukee. So, I mean, obviously there's infinite number of benefits, and I think you've touched on a lot of things in terms of like culture and community and creating safe spaces. What would you say are some of the challenges mm-hmm. of running a membership-based business, maybe even comparison to any other business or mm-hmm. standalone, your your call? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think this is, um, it's, it's, it's more closely tied to the pandemic than maybe it was in previous years. But, you know, in-person events were a big, big draw for us. I mean, they were a big expense, but they were a big draw for sure. new memberships and ticket sales and sponsorships. So it's not a massively, if you cannot 
if you have a lot of churn and a lot of lapsing members and a lot of dissatisfied customers that don't recommend you, it's, you know, even when things are good, it's, you're not, like I said, you're not going to be swimming in the money. You're not going to be Scrooge McDuck diving into your bank. Um, so the challenges are definitely finances. We are a social enterprise, but we're not building IP. So venture capitalists aren't necessarily out there looking to back us. Large companies and organizations right now, at least, are funneling as much money as they can into recruitment and or are holding back on budgets because they're laying people off. So mm. sponsorships have been a challenge. Um, memberships haven't. So again, like I scale the business, I right size the business to maintain all of our operations, increase our membership experience and programming, probably times 10 is what it was before. With And just doing that on our member dues alone. (laughs) Wow. No easy feat. But because we had this magnificent core of women at the start that were engaged, that when, you know, events went away for a while, there were those who were still just some left, honestly. I mean, if they were in it for the event, that's fine. Like you can't take it personally. And we've had a lot of returning members, but the ones that have stayed and that have engaged in the community and have seen and gotten value out of their experience, whether that's through our peer groups or virtual events and trainings, workshops, what have you, or just on Slack, it all just depends. Each member is a little different. Um, uh, you know, seeing seeing results from those kind of testimonial type things, those are those are really helpful. And then I kind of blanked and forgot the initial question that you asked me. Oh, the the challenges, the challenges. challenges. I, absolutely money. I mean, we're a minority owned business and it's like people don't money. throw money at these kinds of things right now. Um, so you have to be smart. You have to go in smart and you have to go ready to, you know, invest your heart, mind, maybe a little bit of your own money to make sure that it sees, you know, where it needs to see. And we've got lots of plans for next year. We're already ramping back into some bigger in-person summits and things like mm. that again. And I'm even building and structuring those to be more intentional um, and more intentional to make meaningful connections, more transformational, less transactional, smaller groups, bigger conversations, um, you know, and again, not with a goal of like lining our pockets, but furthering our mission and helping more women feel seen and heard in a space instead of feeling like one in a massive crowd. So, so uh, you teed this up so nicely. Tell us a little bit about some of the exciting things you have coming up in the next year. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the majority of our membership is in the Midwest. That's where we started. That's a lot of our key cities. So Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Indianapolis, uh, Nashville. And um, and then we have Denver. Denver has just been this beautiful microcosm of just like support, ongoing support and um, valuing and helping one another. Like their Slack channel is probably one of my favorites. And I'll always tell it to the other cities because if somebody even needs a dog sitter, they'll be like, can somebody help? I need a dog sitter. That's the best, right? And thank you (laughs) for bringing that up because I think that's so important to call out too, is like, you know, this community that you've built is specifically targeting women in the digital and tech space, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Right. But it doesn't just have to be about digital and tech. It's also like my kids and my pets and my life. And like, we talk about community and culture and like, we're talking Uh about whole humans. Yes. A hundred percent. I am right there with you. In fact, we have a channel for working moms and we do a working mom peer group. Um, We've obviously all been 
leaning on each other during back to school time as we're all adjusting to new schedules and everything and kids going back. Um, We have a pets of TD channel that I love to go to whenever I'm having a meh day and I want to see a bunch of cute furry things. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) I I mean, that that is the other thing, you know, I think it's always, it's kind of cheesy and companies are like, we want you to show up whole. And then people are like, well, if I show up whole, I might not have a job tomorrow. Right. Beauty of our community, beauty of being a member of a, a space where you're with like-minded people is that you can show up whole and we're not going to be, you know, and just be accepted for right for the good and the bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's all learning. I think that's the other thing too, is just a safe space to stretch your legs and learn because that's what the group gave me, right? When I was running the Cincinnati chapter, when I was getting the wheels on and trying to figure out what the hell to do as like a newly minted CEO, when any of other like of thousands of women could have been asked being like, what, why me? And then a lot of other women going, why her kind of a thing. It was like, yeah, sure. You know, having a community to support you through those changes and through that learning. I mean, it helps you, you receive that grace and then you return that grace to others. And it makes it easier to give that grace to yourself as you're like learning and growing. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. The summits we are doing two on the East and the West coast. So as I was bragging on Denver, I love that chapter because like I said, they just stayed so closely knit and they support and show up for each other in in so many ways outside of just like the business related things. And um, so, yeah, we talked about doing a summit in 2020 before the world shut down and then we kind of pushed pause for about two years. And so this year we just decided we're going to do it. So we're hosting a go. summit in Denver on September 29th. So it's coming up fast yeah. and we have got actually a great topic because we're talking entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship. There is um, a group of women talking about, yes, we can female entrepreneurs um, just really talking about the ins and the outs of what it looks like. So many women are looking to move in this direction and the number of female owned businesses is climbing significantly every yep. year. I'm trying to remember my stats. I pulled some stats. I actually if I remember a newsletter earlier this week. I think it's like over like five or 4% a year. And then it's like 42% of small businesses are owned by women. And that number just keeps climbing by a percent of, you know, yeah. five or so percent every year. Um, and the pandemic has definitely forced that too. I that's, uh, that's my personal theory is yeah. I think we're going to see, I just read an article the other day that was like, maybe we shouldn't call it the great resignation, but mm-hmm. rather the great value alignment. Yes. 100%. And I was like, Ooh, I'm into that because I feel yeah. like that's what's happening. And that that's mm-hmm. my personal theory is we've yeah. seen a lot of people sick of working for quote unquote, the man. Yeah. And they're like, I want to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. And now I think over the last couple of years, it's been like the tipping point where a lot of them were like, screw this. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to figure this out. I don't know what I'm yeah. doing, but I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. And so I'm all for it. Big old kick in the pants for a lot of us. And I think it's as devastating and as difficult as it has been in the collective trauma. I would never want to ignore any of that. No, I would say that it has absolutely spurred a movement of women reevaluating where they are, what they're doing and, and looking to make those changes. I can't tell you there isn't a week that doesn't go by that I don't talk about that topic with yeah. podcast guests, potential speakers, members, you know, et cetera. So yes, it is an absolute trend, um, but we're talking entrepreneurship and we're also talking heart and data. Um, my background nice. is digital marketing and advertising, but I'm also creative. So I love, love, love that tension. I was always really close with my strategist. I always wanted to understand the data and the analytics of how things were, you know, it, you know, actually going out into the world and doing things. I, I love TV, but it's like, eh, Nielsen, I could see how many people watch this, but I, 
I started doing direct mail first and I loved that because coupon redemption told me how effective my mailer was. And it's like, if I wanted to just make art for art, I would maybe just try to be an artist, but I want to make things that are creative that make people change their minds and do something about it. So yeah, advertising was definitely... And still it very much is my jam, but we're talking heart and data, talking about how those two kind of work in tandem. Data can help tell stories, but then how gut, intuition, human insight, there's just still so much value in that. Um, And then keynote, we're still looking for a keynote. I have been struggling to find a keynote. So if you know- Challenge accepted. Okay. Send her my way. It could be anybody that kind of speaks to our type of audience or that bridges those two. Um, I have a few calls this week, so we might have, we might get somebody here soon, but it's definitely, okay. we had somebody lined up and she had to back out. So I was like, ah, I'm like, not even like a month. Yeah. I'm not even, it's like more, a little bit more than a month out. And I'm like trying not to freak out, but it's going to be a phenomenal day. It's at the commons in Denver. I can't wait to be out there and just see my Denver ladies in person. And then fast forward two weeks and October 11th, if you're in the Midwest and you're interested, we're doing another summit. Um, at uh, the transept in Cincinnati and similar day, you know, it's a half day. I don't want to bring people in and exhaust them. I don't want to make them come in at eight o'clock in the morning and act like they want to people. Um, Mm -hmm. They get to show up, have some snacks, do some networking. We will do keynote, which is the head of digital from fifth third, literally built that entire department from the ground up over the last 15 years has created an amazing culture is the only female in the C-suite at the third. Not um, so, right. Um, so I'm excited to have her there with us. And then we're talking about social activism and brand, kind of just everything that happened with COVID, Black Lives Matter, um, all these different things at George Floyd, you know, how brands did or didn't respond was closely speculated and really sure. understanding how, when, and where brands can and impact change within human rights. Um, something worth, I think, discussing. Um, because yeah. some brands have the power and the ability to help make social change and they should. And it's uh, it's a complicated space. Like you have yes. to be really careful of how you craft your message and yep. make sure that you're being mindful of things that you didn't even realize you needed oh, yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that's a challenge, but that's awesome. That's a that's a really important conversation to have. It is. I mean, even as a small business, I had so much. Oh, fun. yeah. I made so many missteps and mistakes. And luckily yep. again digital trust and data security was just the fact with like the con the uh security breaches and people's personal information being taken it's like people are less prone to share that personal information yet brands rely upon it for good interactive experiences because we're all impatient and we don't want to log in and we want you to remember what we bought last time yada 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 yep so we'll be talking about that and data security cybersecurity is another growing space like i Mm -hmm. said our, our women are also in tech and it's a very lucrative space. If any of you are looking for a new career path that does pay well, like yeah. starting salaries are like in six figures to begin with. And they're finding that women are really um, attuned to and, and really good at um, doing this kind of work. And so, yeah, cybersecurity, that could be, I love that it. Could be somebody's next move. But yeah, so it's going to be both are great events, um, both half day events. We're doing headshots, happy hour. We're going to have locally owned and operated um, businesses that are geared towards women, owned by women that are going to have booths there, booths there as well. And then we're going to do our very famed ask and give exchange, which, you know, from the very beginning of the day, we hand the microphone over to our audience and ask them to stand up and ask for what they need. And we oh, go through this nice. whole process of helping discern truly what it is that they're asking and truly what it is that they need so that we can make sure whatever advice tips, tricks, or resources that we're giving them or connections are the right ones. 
Yeah. And so it's a really cool and effective way to just break down some barriers um, and let our members and our attendees feel seen and heard right out of the gate. So yeah, not asking you to come and sit in uncomfortable clothes all day and take notes. You're not going to be talked at all day. You're going to feel engaged. You're going to get your own peer group when you go um, and sign up for the event. So you kind of have your own ready-made networking circle that you can kind of meet and greet with, which if you're an ambivert or an introvert, um, it's also very key because it's like walking into a room of 150 people and they're all strangers. Barf. (laughs) Barf. (laughs) After two years. No. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of like over, um, over stimuli. Yes. Yeah. There's just like a lot going on. Um, Amy, as we wrap up here, you know, anyone who's thinking about running a membership-based organization, what are the top like three things you want them to take away from this conversation? Mm -hmm. I would say, again, if you decide to do this, understand it's not for the faint of heart. Um, Not everybody is as fortunate as I was to kind of inherit this amazing community and keep it growing. Um, Starting from zero takes a lot of time, energy, and money, honestly. Um, that you really have to believe in your mission and your values. That's number two and hold to them um, mm-hmm. because that's going to, that's what's going to keep your overall membership, membership experience top notch and what people came for, because you can't say the message and then have them come in and have a totally different experience because mm-hmm. it's their time and it's their money that they're investing in you and your mission and your community. And so you have to protect that. Um, and number three, I would just say, make sure that you are taking care of yourself. I mean, it's, I think it gets said to us too often as, as women, but we just don't take the advice. I have in the past been equally as guilty, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to have to show up for a lot of different things as a business owner, especially when you're dealing with a membership organization where things are a little more squiffy and not always so direct, which is again, why values are important in understanding and communicating. Um, mm-hmm. But really protecting your personal space, your peace and your time, um, just as fiercely as you would for one of your community members. You need to do that. Love it. Um, one more question here yeah. uh, on this topic. If you could go back in time and do one thing differently, what would it be? Yeah, I like this question a lot. It kind of reminds me of that. Tell us of one of your, what's your, what's one of your, what's one of your weak points or what's like, what's like you're not your strength or something. Um, I think in business ownership, um, it's not that you don't live with regrets. It's just that you cannot carry regrets with you. Mm. Um, the business and I would not be where we are right now if I had done anything different. So not to skip the question and say that I wouldn't do anything different. There's probably little things here and there that I might've done differently, but I don't know if I, I could have because it is entrepreneurship is an absolute journey that is learning. It's constantly learning in the throes of risk. It's finding joy and finding yourself in the throes of risk every day, because you're not just getting, you know, that steady paycheck and that insurance coverage that you were before, you know, Mm -hmm. you are self-dependent and self-reliant and every risk I've taken, every wrong turn that I have taken has taught me something that I didn't know about myself before. Um, so I tried to think, I'm like, I'm sure that there's things like here and there, but honestly, I don't think any of them are worth mentioning because all of them have gotten me to where I am right now as a leader, as an entrepreneur and together digital as a community. Love it. Okay. Last question. We'll let you get out of here. 
What yeah. is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Is that if you ever want to learn as much as you possibly can about yourself, try being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yep. You like will, a master I mean, class in self-discovery. It really is. It really is. Because, you know, I think there was, I think the one thing that I teetered on about, um, and I even backtracked on it too, about the, the previous question was that I maybe would have tried to believe in myself or would have believed in myself a little bit sooner, but I needed that stumbling time. I needed that uncertainty. I needed those folders for me to be able to see those weak points and, mm -hmm. and rise above them. And um, because I am so fiercely loyal to whatever it is that I'm working towards, and this, I was this way when I worked for other people as well, um, I would say, you know, just, just be ready to learn about a lot about yourself. Being self-aware as an entrepreneur is the best thing you can do. And it's the healthiest thing you can do for your business because personalities can tank companies. It happens all the time. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Egos can bring down the biggest mountains of any kind of organization. And then, you know, when you're working towards a mission, that's the last thing I want. Yep. A hundred percent. I love that. Thank you, Amy. Thank you yeah. so much for imparting your wisdom on us. Um, for anyone listening who wants to learn more about you or Together Digital, where can they find you? Yeah, visit us at www.togetherindigital.com is our website. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Amy Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. And yeah, connect, reach out, DM me. I'm happy to chat and help however I can. All right. We'll make sure that gets in the show notes. For anyone listening, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and leave us a review wherever you are listening. And Amy, thank you again so yeah. much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Same here. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.